0: Welcome back to another episode of the X Ex Experts podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica NTH. Today's podcast is going to be all about custody and even how to know if your situation is considered a high conflict custody case. Elisa Greenblatt of Greenblatt Law here in New York City, and full disclosure, my divorce lawyer. It's here to give us all the crucial info that you kn- didn't even know you need to know. Um, do want to say this is not legal advice that Elisa's giving us today. So please don't use this in lieu of consulting her personally or consulting your own lawyer. Um, but we're just going to be talking about things to kind of give you some background, give you some information that you might need to know. So welcome, Elisa.
1: Thank you. It's great to be welcome. here. Welcome. Thank you.
0: Um, so I just want to start off with like, I know that custody issues in and of themselves can be super sensitive. You actually do a lot of what you call high conflict custody Mm -hmm. cases, which sounds a little scary. So can you tell us exactly what that means?
1: Well, I would say in high conflict custody cases, um, the two parents really can't figure out how to see eye to eye on most things. Um, you know, for, for one person it's black, the other it's white, and one person, um, you know, often in those situations, wants to have sole custody and um, not involve the other parent, not have to deal with the other parent in making decisions. you know, everything's a fight from the big things to the little things, like mm-hmm. little things such as what clothes a child is wearing. I mean, you wouldn't think that that could take up lawyer time, but it can um, mm-hmm. to the bigger things on um, whether a child can travel with the other parent, especially now during COVID that becomes a big issue right. um, or um, where a child is going to school or um you know medical treatment whether a child should be in therapy and high conflict cases a lot of times you'll have that as an issue that you just yeah. cannot agree on and so if parents can't agree on what's going to be best for their kids then it's usually a high conflict case
0: so how does a person because some of the things that you brought up you know i did not have a high conflict custody situation and I don't even know, T, whether or not I would consider yours having been necessarily high conflict, although maybe it was since since you guys had to have custody experts involved. Like, I'm wondering, Elisa, how a person would even know whether or not their situation falls into the category of high conflict. Like, I wonder if there are people out there who just think their situation is normal.
1: Well, I mean, I would say, well, I think that first of all, in terms of normal, there's a there's lot so of normals, normal. <laughs> uh-huh. um, right. you know, when people come into my office to talk about a custody situation, a lot of times they think you're, you've never heard anything like this. And we and we sit there and we listen, but in most cases we have heard something like it. It's not, um, I've yet to hear something and think, oh my God, I'm never going to hear it this kind of situation again in my career. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say if you find yourself in court and the court is appointing experts, usually that's a high conflict case. If the court is appointing someone to represent your children, an attorney for the children, Mm -hmm. in most situations that's a high conflict case because they're bringing in a third party um, to speak for the kids. And that's, that's usually a good sign that you're in the midst of a high conflict case. So, for me, my children were
2: young. They were all mm-hmm. under the ages of 10, three kids. And we did have to hire custody experts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but, you know, there's one side. I feel like if one side wants it, then both have to do it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, there wasn't an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, it wasn't something I was going to do anyway. But it just prolongs the process. Now, looking back, it just took a lot of time. So, do you, um, you know, if both sides doesn't don't feel like they need it. Is there a way to kind of back them out of it, of going down that that you know rabbit hole?
1: It's hard. I mean, I think rabbit hole is the a good way to describe it. And I think your situation is not that unique. It -hmm. happens a lot where it's really one person who is the driving force um, Mm -hmm. to make it into a high conflict situation. You know, a lot of times it'll be one person who's saying, you know, these kids are really struggling. They're They're really not doing well, and then we'll start looking well, you know, they're doing okay in school and the other person's just not seeing it. But if you have one person going into court and telling the judge, my kids are not thriving, they're not doing well, I can't agree on anything with my spouse, the judge usually is going to end up. Um, ordering a custody evaluation by a psychologist or psychiatrist and an attorney for the children. It can be very one-sided and, you know, we're in my practice, we're very settlement minded and we'd like to settle these cases, but it's sometimes impossible if one side is pushing it to um, bring in all of these experts and yeah. make everything a fight, then it's going to be a fight. And
0: right. it's
1: unfortunate. It, it, is as you said, it's very time consuming. It's very expensive. And it also draws the children into the conflict in a way that in some cases they just don't need to be there.
2: Yeah, well, that's they, my they, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say they, they don't need to be there. They they were, you know, little kids, you know. Mm-hmm. If they if they really had a voice, um, maybe an older child. I mean, I guess you handle it differently based on the ages of mm-hmm. the kids and where they are and their you know, um, developmental life, you know, high school teenagers are probably going to be more vocal in most cases than a four-year-old who just, you know, you got to give them goldfish and it's good. (laughs) Right. You know, not always. I'm not, I'm not, you know, minimizing it, but it's very emotional. It's very costly. It was a huge waste of time in my mind, um, Mm. for me and my family personally, um, but yeah, the emotional, I feel like the emotional part of divorce drives 60% of what happens. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I were all caught up in it, then I would think everything I'm saying is 100% right. If I could step out of my skin and look at it like you would, because they're not your kids and it's not your marriage and that's why we hire you. You know, to give us an objective point of view, you have to be able to step out of your skin. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're, you're just, you're just
0: stuck. I also wonder like how much scarier it ends up becoming for the kids when it gets to that level. Like we're all so worried about how screwed up our kids are going to be later anyway. Mm -hmm. Like we'll never know what the emotional impact of the divorce was, right? Until they're probably like in their twenties or beyond when they can actually express how they were feeling back in the day. Um, But it makes me wonder, so like, if people are part of a high conflict custody situation, what would you, Alisa, say are like the three most important things for people to consider?
1: Well, I mean, I would say first, try to figure out what it is that you can agree with your spouse on, with your Mm -hmm. co-parent, because maybe if you can limit the issues that you're fighting about, then you can get out of the situation sooner rather than later. I mean so that's one thing. Another thing is keep your kids, I mean your kids are in it in a high conflict case, but to the extent that you can keep them out of it. Don't badmouth the other parent to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um it can be really hard in New York City where you know we're all living in apartments and we're all on top of each other, but You know, we all get on the phone with our friends and our family to talk about what's going on in our lives. Yeah. Limit that. When your kids are in the apartment, that's not the time to be um, venting to your friend about what's happening. Or even if you're not venting, it's not the time to be just recounting what's happening. And Mm -hmm. going with that also, don't leave your stuff around. That relates to the divorce. I can't tell you the number of times we've had situations where the kids find the papers in the divorce. Mm-hmm. So, whether it's papers that were left out on the kitchen counter or out, you have a family computer that everyone leaves and you haven't really encrypted things or done something to make sure your kids don't see it. Like, that's really just. It's a big no. You want to keep your kids away from reading that stuff. And also, I mean, I've had cases where people are saying, okay, well, I'm going to tell them when they're 21, they'll be old enough and they'll read all the papers. Mm. No, just no. It's not going to be a good situation. It's not advisable to do that. And um, I would say in that circumstance, you're really too in it to see how bad it is. But Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it's really bad. And then the other thing I would say is, Listen to your lawyer. I mean, you want to find a lawyer who is not just going to yes you. You want to find someone who has experience with custody cases and who's really going to advise you. We're in our firm, we're not there just to tell you what you want to hear. You know, our goal is very, um, I would say that we're very child focused and we you know want to get these cases finished with the least amount of heartache possible for you and for the kids. So you may not like what your lawyer is telling you in terms of the advice, but maybe try to take a step back and listen to be what you're being told yeah. and think there might be a reason that someone who's not in it is telling you this.
2: Are there um, resources that parents can use for their kids if they are in this situation, uh, resources online or, or any kind of guidance you can give to you know, any great books, any, um, other
0: than what we offer on the X experts
2: No, of course, <laughs> but you know, we can't be with you yes, yes. 24 right. seven. So for the few hours in between, you know, it's, you know, is art a good outlet, keeping them outside, um, keeping them with their friends, you
1: well, know, what would do say- you recommend? you want to keep their lives as normal as possible mm-hmm. and, you know, give them those outlets outside of your family. So your immediate family is going through this turmoil. So if your kids have friends or extended family that they can uh, spend time with, you definitely want to keep that up in terms of resources um, a lot of kids who are going through high conflict cases do need to be uh, speaking to a therapist. I mean, yeah. sometimes there's a therapist in school to talk to, to a lot of schools have something called the Banana Splits Program. TH started um, that at her no. kids' school because they didn't have it at
0: the time, yeah. I
2: did. I started it yeah. at the school and my older daughter um, ha- didn't have any friends who were go- mm-hmm. whose parents were going through a divorce, so she did not want to go. Right. And then my younger daughter had a bunch of friends. She still, eh, wanted to go, maybe didn't want to go. My son, I would get calls. Um, Your son showed up for Banana Splits, but you didn't sign the document. But since you started the program, I'm assuming you're okay with him being here. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, absolutely. And then my oldest daughter, as her senior project, brought Banana Splits to the other public schools in our town.
1: Mm -hmm. So
2: that was something I would really love to talk more about maybe on another podcast. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry I interrupted you, but no no one else knew about Banana Splits.
1: It's a great program. And it's so important for kids to have other kids that they can talk to who are going through the same things. And so if I would say that if you're going through a divorce and there are custody issues, definitely speak to your school and find out if they have a banana splits program in place. And if not, talk about how to get one going, because I'm sure that in any school, there are other families that are going through the similar things
2: we can put up a resource link for banana splits and a whole worksheet mm-hmm. of how to introduce it into your school.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm wondering, um, when it comes to these kind of custody situations, and again, like acknowledging that everybody has a different situation, T.H. and I are the perfect examples of that. Like we literally got divorced at the exact same time, started at the exact same time because of the same circumstances of our exes having had affairs, but our paths through the divorce process were so extremely different, but I am still kind of wondering if there are any sort of quote unquote standard things that like all parents really need to know or think about when they're dealing with divorce with kids. For example, like I have some friends that sometimes I'll be talking to them and they're talking about, you know, the conversations with their lawyers and working out their, their custody agreements. And I'm thinking like, maybe their kids are, you know, 11. Mm-hmm. you know 11 and 9 and i'm like okay well have you thought about their bar or bat mitzvah if if the family's jewish have you thought about um high school tutors have you thought mm-hmm. about who's paying for college or if they go to college in california cuz we live in new york city who's paying to have them come home x number of times a year and like what about when they get married just all of ah! these things that That's okay. But I'm wondering, are there things that you feel like, like I said, are sort of standard that a lot of people may not know to be thinking about?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I think that all of those things that you mentioned are good things to think about, but I would say I would bring that to how important it is to get a lawyer who does custody cases and has experience with custody cases. Um, I mean, there are a lot of us out there in New York and then all over, of Mm -hmm. course, but those kinds of things that you mentioned are the things that when we're writing custody agreements, we're going to bring up, um, you know, in terms of school vacations, how that's going to be dealt with in terms right. of, mm-hmm. um, you know, just knowing different families um, whether they're going to be certain family events and whether the kids are going to have to travel and who's paying for it and flexibility. I mean, you're those are the kinds of things that come up a lot in cases. But if you have someone as a lawyer who doesn't do a lot of custody cases, they're not going to be thinking about them.
2: there's there's still stuff that comes up I have two in college Mm -hmm. um, so there's always something else that comes up and and the truth is I'm sure you believe you you would say this too, Elisa is you can't think of everything and then you have to focus just on the big stuff Mm -hmm. and hope that you know as responsible parents you guys can figure out the small stuff I mean may not be able to but do you want to go and go back to hiring a lawyer and stirring the pot again, or you're gonna sit down and it's not always easy. I'm not saying it is, um, but you have to like, I feel like I have to get into a mindset to then handle business Mm -hmm. and then business business is handled. But it's hard to think of everything, but there are certainly, I mean, we were just talking about what her allowance is gonna be for living in an apartment. The other one's living in her dorm. And so they have different allowances. Mm and the right. uh, budgets and who's paying for that so just right. it, it's endless actually
0: probably like, your, <laughs> like salary <laughs> i wonder if later there's anything with um i don't know i just kind of wonder sort of what the emotional impact is i mean i know we brought it we talked about it briefly at the top but like what that becomes later or whether or not if everything is worked out in a in a satisfactory manner during the process, if it then makes the relationship easier to move forward beyond that.
1: I would say that that is the case in a lot of situations. I mean, when you're in the midst of a high conflict case, you aren't really thinking long-term, you're not thinking ahead. And the further you go down that road, really towards a custody trial, the harder it's gonna be later on in your co-parenting relationship. even if like you, quote unquote, win and get what you want, mm-hmm. you're not writing off that other parent. Right. You're going to have to deal with that parent for the rest of your kids' lives. And if you've brought up every single skeleton in your co-parent's closet mm-hmm. throughout the process, and you've really done everything to really obliterate them in court... That's, it's going to have long-term effects on your ability yeah. just to even, you know, go to family events. I mean, imagine right. going to a high school graduation with the parent that you, that your lawyer made break down in tears on the witness stand and have a nervous breakdown. I mean, yeah. that's, it's really very scarring. And you know, we, there are situations where you have to do it. There are situations that are just so horrible that you know, you are in this case and it has to be, but there are a lot of custody cases that don't need to go that far.
0: Right. Um, so this is all such like interesting information and unfortunately so needed by so many people, you know, navigating divorce. So our weekly newsletter is called What I Wish I Knew. Mm-hmm. And I know you're not divorced, but as a lawyer who deals with these kind of things, who probably hears people all the time being like, oh, I wish I knew what would you say would be kind of like the most important thing that people should like need oh, okay. to know that they probably don't know
1: um well i would say one thing if, if we're talking just in the like high conflict custody realm i think that a lot of people don't realize that a lawyer is going to be appointed for their kids and mm-hmm. They would say, I wish I knew that and that the lawyer is not looking out for their best interests in New York. That lawyer is advocating for what the child says he or she Mm -hmm. wants other than some very specific circumstances. So you might not be getting what you want by having that person appointed. And you're also going to have to pay for it. So a lot of people, I think, would say, oh, I wish I knew that I'm going to be paying for this person that's not necessarily helping me out. That's huge,
0: that's really important.
2: Don't you also think that, um, you know, whoever that kid, whichever parent that child is with, they're like preparing them as best they can to like, okay, (laughs) mommy loves you or daddy loves you. And you know, like you're gonna get a lollipop after or whatever (laughs) it is, a new car, whatever, whatever. I'm sure it all, they pull out all the stops. but then you lose control. Absolutely. When, they, when the courts take over and, and they did take over in some parts of my process, the, the scariest part is losing control, mm-hmm. not having the information, not knowing what's happening behind the closed door is all very, very scary. You're like mm-hmm. out there without a net or even water underneath you. Of and course. that's just from my perspective. I didn't, I wasn't where you know in the situation that you're talking about to that degree, but even a little bit. You know what's happening when they're meeting with the expert. Mm-hmm. I'm not there. I'm not there like cheering on, big smile, mommy loves you. Like, don't throw me under the bus, kid. You know yeah, right. that. But but you're you know you're not going to say that, or I w- never said that. But I that was certainly something inside that I was worried about. You know, mm-hmm. mom said whatever. And then some stranger can totally misconstrue it. So you lose control the more the court gets involved. That's that's just my added on to that.
1: Definitely. I mean, you're looking at a situation when you first decide to divorce where you and your spouse um, can make the decisions by yourselves and figure things out. Once you go down this road, you have a third party who doesn't know you, doesn't know your family, doesn't know how you want to raise your kids, um, who's going to be making the decision. And on the point of coaching and, you know, what the other parent can do we definitely see it i represent kids in my practice and you know sometimes i can tell that it's going on in the really egregious situations um there are things that we look for but i would say that it happens all the time and it can be kind of subtle too it's not just sitting your kid down and saying like you've got to tell this person this um it can be more subtle than that it happens all the time so definitely you know consider that that's going to become part of your situation there yeah, should
2: be like be very a very beware sign. Yes. Like across everything you do on your phone, your computer screen, the door, right. beware, slow yeah. down, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Once you go up yeah. the line.
0: All right. So, for anyone listening, Lisa, who wants advice, either reach out to you, um, talk mm-hmm. to you directly, what are the best ways to get in touch with you?
1: So, the best ways are email. You can reach me at Elisa, my first name, E L Y S A, at Greenblatt Law LLC. Dot com um we're also on social media you can find us on instagram at greenblatt law llc on facebook at greenblatt law llc and you can also always call our office um our numbers 212-819-9599 and um you know i have a great associate gabriella who i know will be speaking to you at another time but she and i are always available to um take your calls and uh respond to emails and, you know, help out with your situations.
0: For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all that would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X-Experts. That's E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening.